Salmons, and this is Year Zero. I'm here with a buddy of mine, Greg Price, and I thought this was an interesting idea when I really started thinking about it. Okay, so when you when you tune into media, whether it's it's news media or um, podcast, even you you always tend to have the elite elite style of of interviews, right? So what what my whole thought process is uh, on this interview is that you're a smart guy and you're able to see through a lot of the bullshit, but you're what some people might call a normie because you're, you're a working man. You're, you're like, I don't have time to be paying attention all the fucking time, right? And you're like one of the types right. of people that's not represented uh, in, in media, you know, and so I think it's a good idea to be able to hear from the average blue collar guy. Here's what I see. Here's what I like. Here's what I don't like. I think this is bullshit, you know, yada, yada, yada. So I think instead of taking a philosophical view, which is what I do a lot of times on my podcast, because of what I pay attention to, I thought it was like really a good idea to start giving a voice to people that are just living their lives and bit like, man, I don't want to be fucking like all mixed in with and have to pay, you know, so much attention to shit. You know what I'm saying? Oh yeah. So that, that was like when you, when you messaged me the other day and you're like, I'm still waiting to come on. I was like, yeah, let's talk about anarchism. And then I was like, wait a second. Why don't we just talk about what, what, what life is like and how this, this whole idea of politics being all encompassing actually affects you on a day in day in and day out basis. Well, I really don't let I don't like try and let the politics affect my day to day life. No. Huh? Just because of all the bullshit that's in it. Right. Yeah. I mean, uh, from, no. From the politics standpoint. Like they're they're talking about impeaching Trump and yeah. you know holding people accountable. They still haven't held anybody accountable from the last administration for what they did. Exactly, exactly. And and see, this is what like the media thinks they can pull wool over the average American's eyes by propagandizing them, right? Like, okay, so I read like fifteen articles a fucking day, and I know details about shit, right? But. You can, you're just watching it from the outside looking in and you're like, yeah, this is bullshit, dude. Well, like CNN, they, I, I don't watch CNN anymore just because they are so far left leaning. The reason that Fox is doing as well as they are, albeit they are quite 
far to the right, they're not as far to the right as CNN is as to the left. You know what I mean? Right. Well, and to be fair, let's let's like, like CNN, let's CNN like let hold on one second. Let's lay this out for the listeners that don't know you. Like I know you, so you're like an independent, basically. Right. Yeah. So, so like, what, what do you look at as the role of government? Whenever you look at it and you're like, okay, there's, there's this, this thing that we have to deal with and we have to tolerate. What, how do you view the role of government period? I think the, the, it's like, as far as our taxes go, I mean, I know you, you have a personal preference as to what our tax dollars should go to or, or shouldn't. <laughs> from from what I've been reading about what you do. Well, I'm an I'm an you know I'm, I mean? I'm 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 an ideologue, okay? Like so I have a set standard of of principles that I adhere to, but you're not an ideologue. You're just an average guy. Right. You see? Like it, I, I I don't have a problem I <clears throat> I don't have a problem paying taxes to the government as long as the government uses my tax dollars wisely. Right. Okay, and when 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 was the last time that happened? When was the last time the tax dollars were used wisely? Exactly. Yeah, I mean that's like the whole thing, right? So, yeah, and that's kind of why I'm jaded on the government, and I mean they they keep raising taxes and doing this and that, and I'm like, why? You can't. You're not spending the money the right way now. Right. Yeah. So, <laughs> well, and they continuously like put out the, you know, throwing good money after bad. Well, that's what our taxes are doing. Yeah. <laughs> and so, so like, and, and see, this is what like people like in my, like kind of like in my bubble, the, the, the people I revolve around, they don't, they don't understand. Like you're not you're not significantly worried or, or concerned about things like the federal reserve. You see what I'm saying? Like people want to like, well, and, and I can explain, I could sit down, like I said, you're a smart dude. So I could explain to you, like, this is why the federal reserve is so damaging and they are allowing all this abuse of, of the financial system and the monetary system. But you don't really care to know that much about it you'd want you're you're coming from the point of view and I, I correct me if i'm wrong but you're kind of coming from the point of view like this this uh government i want it to be fully functioning at a level of of sustainability in in a not legitimate that's not wrong but in a, in a competent way is that generally what you're what you're looking at common sense is more what i'm looking at okay and that's that we are severely lacking that in in DC right now. Absolutely. Like, like as at, right after nine eleven, there was so much security, uh-huh. and you want to lock down. The, you know, we got to know who's coming in and why they're coming in, and <coughs> you know, you see something, say something. We have to identify the terrorists because we have to be right a hundred percent of the time. Uh, you know, they only have to be right once you know what i mean right so using that logic it would make sense to put a border wall on our southern border and have everybody funnel in through one area so that we can check them out okay that's just my that's just my feeling 
Okay. This, it, to me, the, the, the one analogy that I can bring up is that the United States is like the biggest nightclub in, in the country or in the world. Uh-huh. And everybody wants to come in because it's cool. Okay. That being said, even the nightclub has one entrance where you can get checked in to see if you've got weapons or what you're, you know, all the doors to the nightclub aren't open. Right. Okay. So can, let me ask you this. It, all right. So like in the sixties, okay. Or in the fifties, it was fifties or sixties. There was, there was a, a immigration bill that was passed. And what this immigration bill did right. is it, it shut down um, the opportunity for people outside of of the United States, people that were non-citizens. And and so, okay, so the way it used to work were um, Mexicans used to live near the border, all right? Let's say like in Nuevo Laredo. And they would travel across the border into Laredo to work on farms and to do the really hard blue-collar work, right? And they would just come in and they would work and then they would turn around and they would go back across the border and go home. Like, do you have an, like, do you see that as an, a problem? Well, I, me, and, me and another buddy of mine have talked for a long time. I don't think that, I, if, if you want to put up a border, yeah. me personally, right. I don't think we should have a border between the United States and Mexico. I think we should annex Mexico. Yeah, well, the only, and put a, the only country allowed to annex any territory since uh, World War II is Israel. You do realize that, right? Yeah, no, well, I don't agree with that either. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I, and it's not, if I, if, you know, like if you put anything on social media about that, I, I know you've read my stuff too. Yeah. I don't agree with the whole Israeli-Palestinian thing either. Yeah, no, you know, it's, it's, it's a fucking disaster. Israeli, the, the Israelis say that, that, that that's their land because their God said so. Well, the Palestinians are saying the same thing. So what? the invisible man in the sky saying that you can have this land and the invisible man in the sky for Palestinians are saying that this is their land. Right, yeah, no, it's a fucking disaster. It's a fucking nightmare. And, <laughs> and you look at, like, Gaza... Uh, just for example, you look at the Gaza Strip, and it's basically an open air prison. It's just fucking a nightmare. Um, and and what I mean, what do people? All right, so if you have uh, this 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 organization, okay, let's say just for example, in the United States, um, we were not a superpower. That the United States was not a superpower in the world, and that we just paid minded our own business, right? And so suddenly Saudi Arabia started bombing, you know, Texas and fucking New Mexico every every week for 30 years, right? And our go- and our and our military wasn't strong enough to fight Saudi Arabia off. How would the the people of the United States react? Right? They would become terrorists because it's a tactic. Oh you know? yeah. So, yeah. so when you look at, when, like when you start looking at the history of the U.S. bombing in the Middle East, isn't it kind of understandable why there was a 9-11 attack? Uh, yeah. You see what I'm I mean, saying? I don't agree with their, with, I, I don't agree with, I, I, I'm obviously against the terrorism attacking 9-11 and attacking our country. Yeah. I kind of understand why they would want to. Right. Because they, 
for whatever reason, you know, they want to, after how many centuries are, is the uh, radical Islamists trying to turn everybody into a Muslim? Right. That's not going to happen. Right. Well, and, and the problem is, and, he, and here's the problem, a lot of these guys like Bin Laden and, you know, uh, weren't like super religious people. What they did is they took a cultural issue of that region and they manipulated people into joining their cause, right? So it, right. It, it, it's, it's, it's really fucked up. So I try not to even like get into the whole Muslim talk because I'm like, yeah, I don't think, I don't, I'm, I'm not atheist per se. I'm more agnostic and more kind of like, yeah, whatever you want to do, like I don't really give a fuck and whatever you want to believe it's not really a threat to what I believe, but at the same time, they manipulated an entire culture and something that was very personal and important to people, which religion is in many ways, and it has been all three years, and, and they've manipulated these people. But, you know, it, it's pretty easy to, to see through that, hey, man, this isn't like a Middle Eastern thing. Not everybody in the Middle East is a Muslim, uh, is a terrorist, because if they were... Like, the U.S. would be in serious fucking trouble. You know what I'm saying? Right. Because there's so many people. Well, the problem, I, I think the, the main problem with, with society as a, as a whole now, after 9-11, is they see all Muslims as terrorists. Right. Yes, I agree from with you. What I, from, what I've, from what I've been at trying to educate myself on, Right. the religion of Islam is a peaceful religion, but there are offshoots of that religion that are violent. Right. But isn't that every religion? And and, and that's what I was going to say. Like, in the, the Christianity religion, I mean, how many, how many people uh, died from the Catholic religion during the, the, the Crusade? Right. Well, I mean, and, and, I mean just and, look at it in modern times. You don't even have to go back like, to the Crusades. I mean, how do you think that that be, do you think that if Westboro Baptist Church had a large enough following, they would probably be a terrorist organization if they thought they could get away with it? Oh yeah. You you see what I'm and saying? That's, I mean, that's, that's a thing. That's yeah. That's that's that was the other point that I was going to bring up. Like the Westboro Baptist Church isn't amalgamous with the the rest of the Christianity. You know they're they're an offshoot and they've got their own ideas and it's stupid, but yeah, and, and, and well, and if they were any more than forty people in a in a church, forty fundamentalists in a church, they could probably potentially be dangerous. Oh yeah. If if they ever had any sure. any amount of political power, I don't believe that they would fucking you know, peacefully go about their business and just say, live and let live, they would, they would be more likely very theocratic and, uh, and, and probably, you know, a Christian, I don't know what you would call it, but a Christian style Sharia law would be implemented if they had their way it, it, right. from what I can gather. Right. Right. You know, so I don't look, yeah, I'm like you, I, I think it's, it's, and, and this is where like people and you're, what you're onto something and what you're, what you're, what you're trying to say is, is people miss nuance nowadays. There's no nuance anymore. Everything's got to be binary. It's yeah. either black or white. And that's just not reality. That's not life. Right. Like, I, I think the, 
the United States might look at what's going on in Israel and Palestine a little different mm-hmm. if the Native Americans that are in the United States right now took up arms against the United States and started doing things against the government like the Palestinians are doing against the Israelis. Well, okay, so... Like the, the Native I, Americans that are, that are in, the, in the lands right now, that right. are on the reservations, right. for whatever reason, they're happy with their life and they don't want to cause problems. Well, they're not even happy but with their they, life. They can, if, if you look at it, if you, if you look at the statistics, uh, I, I'll, I'll push back just a little bit on that. And just, just statistically, the Native Americans uh, per capita have the uh, highest alcoholic and uh, drug addiction rate in in the United States. Uh, they're they're not oh, yeah. they're not happy. They're very but they've become nihilistic. You know what I'm saying? They're right. they're right, right, right. not they're not making changes or, or doing anything extreme. They're just kind of like, what can we do? You know? It was like sitting bull had his moment and and uh, you had you know Custer's last battle and all this, and ever since then it's just kind of like right. okay, we we don't have we don't have a a, tr- a chance to to uh, reclaim our land and our property, you know. So yeah, I mean, but I, I think if it were anybody but well, like, Israel, I mean, I mean, just look at the outrage. Ago, look at the outrage over. How, how many years ago did? Go ahead. How many years ago did Leonard Peltier get put into in the prison? Oh Jesus, man! So now you're see you're talking about something I'm not aware of. You have to you have to uh, educate me on this. What happened? Leonard Peltier. Okay. Um, I he I think it was in the '60s, maybe the '70s. Uh, tried to do a Sioux uprising in the Dakotas. Oh really? To take back their land. Oh okay. And the federal government came in and. Squashed it and arrested him and put him in prison. Well, I mean, and yeah, and you look how the federal government reacts to any sort of um, any any sort of rebellious activity um, in any way. I mean, you can look at what happened in Waco, you know, um, with the Branch Davidian, and agree or disagree, these people were exercising freedom of religion. And but the federal government looked right. at them as a threat because they were adhering to their own rules and regulations, and they didn't care about federal rules and regulations, right? And that's kind of like a Texas thing in itself. But you can even bring it even 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 closer to today, even more modern. You had the Bundy Ranch standoff when the when the um, ranchers you know stood off with the federal government and basically got their way. They actually beat the government. You know, right. And, you know, so you do have these little kind of rebellious tendencies in, in American society um, among people, amongst people, because it, inherent in the American thought experiment and the in the in the mindset of America, no matter how much you're taught throughout um, your your schooling to kind of worship at the foot of the state, you, you still have this, there's still this understanding that America is full of rebels and there is, there's, there's, everybody has a, a line that if the government crosses this line, they'll stand up and say, yeah, nope. And that's part of the great thing about American culture and, and, and actually the second amendment 
that allows us to stand off with the government. And it doesn't always end well. Right. I mean, you could have a Ruby Ridge or you could have a peaceful solution yeah. like in the, in the Bundy standoff. You know what I'm saying? So, but at the same yeah. time, we do have some sort of autonomy because we have the means to rebel in, in um, a forceful way. Right. And all right. How many, just out of, out of curiosity, I mean, do you happen to know how many how many Native Americans are on the lands right now? I, off the top of my head, man, it's not something I've done research on. I haven't looked into that. No, I spent a lot of my time. <laughs> I spent a lot of my time angry at the CIA. Right. Well, I mean, I'm just saying, what if all of the the reservations that are in the country? From the Cherokee Reservation in the Carolinas to the Sioux Reservations up in the Dakotas to the Navajo people out in, in West Texas or West, you know, the western part of the United States. If all of them took up arms yeah. to, to combat the, the United States government. But see, it didn't work it well. Would be it didn't work well for them when, it, when, when they did do that. You see what I'm saying? And this is what right. Be- Beatrix and I were just having this conversation because she's been... Um, around Thanksgiving, she was posting about Native Americans and stuff like that. I'm sure you saw this on yeah, Facebook. I saw that. Okay, I saw that. so like, um, this is something that that her and I had talked about. Like, this was government programs, right? This wasn't your average people. Right. These, this was the state. This was this was the state right. coming in and trying to squash off an autonomous people. <laughs> and they signed all these treaties, and they gave them their these territories, but they broke all these treaties. I mean, if you go into Oklahoma, uh, if you, I mean, you're, you're a truck driver. So when you drive through Oklahoma, it's almost like the entire state feels like a reservation. You're going from one reservation oh, to yeah. another reservation to another, like throughout the entire state of Oklahoma. Yep. You know, yep. so, so it's, but, but it's, it's not, it's not native in any way, shape or form when you're driving these roads, you know what I'm saying? There's nothing native about it. This is all Americanized. Like these people have been continuously manipulated. And, and you know, you look at what happened with the, like the, the, what was it? The Dakota pipeline and the native Americans that were protesting it. And the federal government just basically said, it doesn't matter if this is sacred ground or not, we're going to dig it up and lay a pipeline. And why do why do these people that have have lived upon these lands for so many thousands of years not have property rights of any sort? Why is it that the United States government can come in and just take it from them despite all the treaties and all the hardships that these people have already been put through? Because that's what we do. That's exactly what we and do. And I mean, we as we as a, we as a people. Like the, the, that's what man does. Well, like I, I posted that on as, as a, a rebuttal to, to B's argument about, you know, this is the, the Native Americans were conquered by a militarily, militarily superior force. Right. But just like, just like the Palestinians were just like every other conquered people across the world. Exactly. But here, here's one of, of my issues with this, okay? Because that does come off a little dismissive, right? So my thing is, is I'm like, okay, this is 2019, right? Now, you're, you're just an average guy. 
in what aspect of your life do you operate in that capacity? In, in, in a capacity of conquest and domination? Well, right now, personally, none. Exactly. Well, and, and that's it. <laughs> Uh, isn't it isn't it reasonable isn't it reasonable for somebody like me to look around and say okay 95% of my interactions with people on a day in and day out basis are voluntary and and free of coercion and and violence right that, that's that's reasonable right i mean i'm yeah, I mean, I'm not a pacifist, but I'm just a nonviolent by nature. No, I'm not a pacifist either. Like, self-defense is one thing, but we're, that's not what we're talking about. I'm talking about conquest and domination, right? So, so on a societal level, like, you go to a grocery store and you cooperate with the, with the tenants at a grocery store in, in a, a pretty reasonable way without violence. Is that, is that fair? Okay, so, and this is pretty much all of your day-in and day-out activities, right? Right. So, shouldn't we expect our, the, our, our, our federal government and the people that are supposedly representing us around the world to operate in the same capacity? As some, and that goes back I, to the common sense. Right, as a civilized, as a civilized people. Because what they're doing in what they did to the Native Americans was definitely not civilized. What they're doing in Yemen or all over the Middle East is, isn't civilized in any aspect. What they're trying to what they're trying to do in Russia and and the coup that took place in the Ukraine in 2014, or you look at the coup that just took place in Bolivia, these are not civilized actions by civilized people. You see what I'm saying? Right. Yeah, and so like whenever I look at this, and I'm like, okay, so in the Constitution, one of the things that the 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 founding fathers said when they were scripting the Constitution was government gets their powers from the people. Okay, and if I don't have the power to use conquest, dominance, and coercive force against my neighbors, why should we? How did our state get that get that power? I don't have that power to give them. Where did it come from? And right. so, so my whole thing is, shouldn't we, shouldn't we demand that the people that are supposedly representing us on a day-to-day -day basis, like, um, behave in, in the way that we would expect our three or four-year-old child to behave? Like, isn't that, isn't that reasonable? We, yeah, we shouldn't, but... Why do you think that we don't? Why do you think that? Why do you think that the average person doesn't pay attention to that, doesn't care about that, or thinks it's just fine? Like, what? What is? What is happening there? I don't. I don't know if it's so much that the average person doesn't care. I, to me, I mean, I speaking for myself. Yeah. I'm. I'm at a point now where it's like my voice doesn't count. You know what I mean? Right. Like I can. I can. Stand on the rooftop and scream the top of my lungs about how bad the government is. Nobody's right. going to listen. Nobody's going to care. Nobody's going to change. Okay. And do you think that that was like uh, how how much of that idea and how much of that thought process that that average people have is the reason that Donald Trump got elected? Oh, absolutely. Uh, here's as far as the. the the state of the presidency right now. Yeah. Like, I, there were there were so many people that voted for uh, Jill Stein. Uh -huh. um, so many people wanted you know Bernie Sanders to get elected. Whether I agree with 
with that or not, yeah. here, this, the way I look at it is this is not high school. Right. You don't vote for who you like the best. You vote for the person who has the best chance of being president. Whether you like them or not, you look on a sheet, see how they more comport to what you think mm-hmm. and how you want you want things done. Okay. And in my in my opinion, the only two people that had a chance of winning at all were Donald Trump and Hillary Clinton. The main reason I didn't vote for Hillary Clinton is because I've seen too much stuff on her where she is not, you know, steadfast in her ideas. She changes her ideas all the time. What happened in Benghazi, I've listened to that entire debacle mm-hmm. where Ben Affleck had her email address and the, the ambassador um, in, in Benghazi didn't. Right. How does Ben Affleck get Hillary Clinton's email and he doesn't? Right. And he's under fire. And then that whole thing where four, four people got killed because of their incompetence. And I'm going to let her run the government? Mm-hmm. I don't think so. Yeah. At least Donald Trump, whether you agree with him or not, he stands by what he's... That's, that's one of the other reasons why, the, why the, the media doesn't like him so much. Because he made promises on the campaign trail. And so far, he's kept all of his promises. Whether you like him or not, whether you like the ideas that he's put forward, he's pretty much done everything he said he was going to do. Yeah. Which goes against what regular Washington normally does. They yeah. say stuff, you know, we're gonna we're gonna have free health care for all, and then get in there. Yeah, well, we're we're not gonna do that. Well, that was you know, a, that was one of Trump's promises. That was one of Trump's promises. Obama made to the Latino community about reforming uh, immigration law. Right. He went on. He went on Univision and did like a big interview and said that that was going to be his first priority as soon as he got in the White House. Yeah. Through two. Two um, two terms of his presidency didn't do a thing for the immigration. Yeah. But so, okay, so so the way I look at it, the immigration problem is 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 a result of of government is a result of the state. Okay, and this is why I brought up the question earlier about people that were free to come into the country and work and and this that and the other. Because it wasn't until the state decided that that was no longer uh, uh, an option for people to to uh, voluntarily cooperate with people outside of the country. You see what I'm saying? Like, right. I don't understand. One of my things is we can, like we agreed earlier, like the majority of Muslims are not violent people. The more, majority of them are terrorists because if they were, we'd be in deep shit. Okay. And, and what I'm saying is the, the majority of immigrants are the same way. They just want to come work. They see that there's a possibility. They look at the lifestyles that even the poorest Americans are living and they're, and these poorest Americans are in the top 1% of the entire world. You see what I'm saying? And so they're like, if we could right. just, well, I mean, if know, we could just like, get there and, and rent an apartment, you know, and, and work at Radio Shack or Best Buy or whatever, we'll be better off. We'll be thousands of times better off. So what my whole thing is like, like just lift up the regulations of like making them actually be a resident of the United States to work in the United States. That would cause, that would, that would actually solve a little bit of the issue. You know, right? 
So it, well, I think the government had a problem more. The, the government more had a problem with them, like in your in your analogy, having somebody from Nuevo Laredo come across the border and work, and then go back to Nuevo Laredo. They're taking tax. They're taking the money that they earn in the United States and spending it in Mexico. Right. The United States doesn't want them to do that. Yeah. Well, because so they restrict that. They restrict them to do that. Well, right? they because, they they look at they look at the economy yeah. as a zero sum game. That's the problem. They don't see that that this could that it has it 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 benefits us and it it actually like works out better if if there's this this freedom aspect and this is something that the founders also understood and when you look at the declaration of independence it says all men are created equal. It doesn't say Americans are created equal. It says all men around the world like all man, men are autonomous creatures and they are created equally. Now, like however you want to interpret created, like whatever, that's fine. I'm not, I'm not here to get into that, but don't you think that there would, there would potentially instead of like the, that these people want to continue the the sick cycle of the money within the borders of this government, for their own benefit and not for the benefit of the American people. Doesn't it appear that way? Yeah. Well, the, the whole reason that, that they come across the border and work and then go back to Mexico is because the American dollar is so much more valuable in Mexico than it is because of the, the monetary system in Mexico. Right. I agree with you. I you agree. Know, I agree the there. There is that aspect, but they are, but there's also the aspect, there's also the aspect that people don't like to be, but isn't it true that people don't really like to be rooted up from their homes? You see what I'm saying? They live in Mexico in a, in a specific type of culture, living a specific type of way. It, it like people don't want to be uprooted from their homes. You, you know what I'm saying? So, but if they, if their best, like if right. you, if your best job was across the border in Pennsylvania, it doesn't mean that you would necessarily move to Pennsylvania because you love Ohio. You see what I'm saying? But if your best opportunity for work is in Pennsylvania, you would travel across that border, not hurting anybody to go and work and then come back to Ohio every evening. And that wouldn't, that why, why is that a problem? That, that doesn't hurt anyone. Right. You see what I'm saying? And so this is why, this is kind of like what my whole argument is against the whole immigration debate. It's like whenever Beatrix's dad came and visited us and he stayed with us for six months, who did he hurt? He, he hurt nobody. Nobody even, unless you were in, in, involved with us on a daily basis or somewhere around us or we came and visited, you didn't even know there was an immigrant that stayed at our house. You know what I'm saying? And so, like, this was, like, to, it, to me, it was, like, whose business is it? I'm taking care of him. Nobody cares. Like, nobody knows what's going on. Well, I think, like, the, pro the, the biggest problem that I see with immigration right now yeah. is the enticement of the benefits. Right. Okay, I can, I can see that. Like, the state of, like, like, the state of California is <coughs> bankrupt. And yet they're wanting immigrants to come over in droves on the southern border so that they can give them free stuff so they can go into more bank, you know, you know what I mean? So right. they can go into more debt. Right. But but that's so not I, that's I not every state. Why they would want to do that. But that's not every state. I mean, obviously, 
Um, California has some serious issues with the size of their government and the amount of benefits they hand out to people. Um, I mean, they've caused all kinds of issues when you look at the homeless crisis there and this, that, and the other. But that's obviously not every state. I mean, the state of Texas, um, it's actually pretty difficult to get benefits here in Texas. Uh, I had a... It should be. Well, yeah, no, I absolutely agree. And I'm just speaking from experience. Um, In 2005, I was bringing home $180 a week. That's what me, my wife, and... Excuse me, I got to sneeze. Excuse me. My myself, my wife, and uh, two kids were living on one hundred eighty dollars a week, and we could not get benefits in the state of Texas, right? Um, because they said I earned too much money, uh, and and the reason was uh, like half of my paycheck was going to paying child support, and so right. when they looked at the the entirety of what I was earning per year um, at forty, I think I was making like forty thousand dollars or thirty eight thousand dollars somewhere around there at that time um they were they were saying well no that doesn't that doesn't you know uh meet the criteria they weren't looking at what i was living on week week in and week out so it is kind of hard to get benefits in texas which fine you know i made it and i worked my ass off and i got through it and everything's fine everybody's healthy you know we didn't die you know it was rough at times and it sucked but you know we, we, it, it builds character, right? So my, my thing is, is each and every state, you know, they can deal with that bullshit the way they want to deal with it. If, if California wants to continue to, uh, rob people of their hard earned dollars and hand it out to other people and completely destroy their own, their economy and their state, that's up to California. That has nothing to do with me. I live in Texas, right? You live in Ohio. You don't, right. you don't live in a atmosphere as California, you know, and, and that's kind of that also kind of points out the ridiculousness of having such a large federal system in one one guy, one president that everybody's like, oh, you either attack, you're either attached to or not attached to. I mean, don't you think that that kind of that instead of like this one guy, you know, um, being this this monolithic leader, maybe you like you maybe organize the governors of the states as like a board of directors. You know, or something like that. Wouldn't that make a little more sense? Like, why? How? How are we supposed to function um, whenever everybody's trying to make Florida, you know, a, a, a live the exact same life as people in North Dakota? You know, it's two different ways of life. It's two different things. Like, how is that supposed to resonate with people? Right, and that's why I'm fully in favor of the electoral college. Okay. As far as voting for president, because like Hillary wants to go on all these you know tours saying how she won the presidency because of the popular vote. Well, that's yeah, because Chicago, New York City, Los Angeles, San Francisco, all of the Democratic you know footholds that they have in the country all voted for you. Right. That doesn't mean that you know somebody in Ottawa, Iowa, wanted you to be their president. Right. Right. So the Electoral College gives an even voice to the middle part of America, not the coast. Right. That's arguably the only good thing that Hamilton, that Alexander Hamilton ever did, 
was the electoral college. <laughs> so he was he was a he was a big he was a big centralized government guy. Uh, central banking and all that is his fault. So <laughs> so yeah yeah. Um, all right. So I mean, I, I'm I'm really I'm really looking forward to this next presidential cycle because the the far left has pissed off so many people. Mm-hmm. I don't really see a I don't see a. a <coughs> An avenue where Donald Trump cannot win just the electoral college, but the popular vote as well, because they have pissed off so many people. Maybe um, when that happens, that is, their heads are going to explode. Yeah, well, and you know, I, I saw I saw a story the other day. I want to say it was in the Epoch Times, where um, it was a, a congresswoman uh, from New Mexico. I think it was a state congresswoman. Um, actually, left the Democratic Party. And joined the Republican Party because because of exactly that because of the far left and she was saying you know like these people don't these these aren't your average voters these aren't your moderates or your independents or this that and the other these are the um, this extreme loud vocal minority in the party is ruining the Democratic Party and she actually left the party and joined the Republican right. Party. Um, so you, you, you're definitely identifying a crisis there. Um, I want to ask you this because, because we brought, you brought it up earlier. Okay. So I pay more attention in to libertarianism and the principles of libertarianism. Right. And you were saying that you vote based upon who you think has an option to win and not necessarily that person that you align with completely, right? Okay, so right, right. we ju- we just got an exciting announcement in the Libertarian Party um, earlier this month that Jacob Hornberger is is running to be the um, candidate for the Libertarian Party. Now, the thing about the Libertarian Party it is the only third party that is on the the ballot of every state. Okay, so all fifty states put the Libertarian Party candidates on their ballot. So that is exciting. And when Gary Johnson ran in 2016, um, he actually ended up winning a lawsuit against the uh, FEC. And it appears that when the when the national debates begin to come around, uh, the libertarian candidate will also be included on the debate stage. And I think this is a good thing. And, and, and I, I always use this description, this example, to... to like explain to people why I think third party candidates are so important and should be um, given a little bit more like, like um, consideration um, whenever it comes to the, the elections. Okay. So number one in 2016, there were more people that did not vote that than did vote. It was something like 180 million people did not vote. Like abstained, I was one of them. Whereas a hundred and it was like hundred and twenty-three million actually voted. Okay, so right. that's that's one thing. So really, abstention, like abstaining from the process, is actually who who won the election in two thousand and sixteen. Because people are like you, and they just think, yeah, fuck these people. My voice doesn't matter, and I'm not going to say anything. Right? Um, Donald Trump is kind of like. Um, an idea that maybe that's changing and that the people when organized together and, and working together can overcome these large 
political parties. But the problem with me is these large political parties, like as we've seen in certain ways with Donald Trump, will corrupt the candidate even if they come across as being a people's candidate. All right, and and I use. And that's why I think we ought to get rid of the parties altogether. Okay, well, and this is where this is kind of where I'm going with this. So, like, my whole thing is more people should be paying attention to the third parties than are paying attention to the Democratic, uh, Democrat and Republican parties, because in every other aspect of our lives we have multiple choices, right? You have like 5,000 breakfast right. cereals or different types of bread. You know, just these basic things that we use day in and day out. We have all these multitude of choices, but for this one thing that's supposed to be so, like the most important election of our lifetime, it's supposed to be this really important position in office, we only have these two options and both of them always suck. So how do how do... Like, how would it, what would it take to attract somebody like you to a third party and, and to start advocating for that third party run whenever, uh, when it comes around to the national campaign? Completely get rid of both parties or all parties. There shouldn't be a Green Party. There shouldn't be a Libertarian Party. There shouldn't be a Communist Party. There shouldn't be a Republican Party. There shouldn't be a Democratic. We are all the same people. We have different ideas, and that's it. Right. Don't don't put yourself in a Democratic box or a Libertarian box or a Republican <coughs> box. I knew, like, for, with the impeachment thing that's going on right now, it in the House, it was strictly divided by party line. Mm -hmm. Because the Democrats all don't like Trump. The Republicans all do like Trump. Well, actually, you know, I, I don't know if you're aware of this, but two Democrats actually voted not to impeach. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so it was bipartisan not to impeach. <laughs> yeah, but I'm saying if they if they got rid like when when Obama first got into got elected, mm -hmm. I remember hearing Mitch McConnell say he was going to do everything in his power to do you know to go against the president. Mm -hmm. Why? How is that helping? Right. You know, what, what's going on with, with the country right now is the Democrats are trying to fight Trump. On, how is that helping? Right. You know, if, there, if we don't have any parties and we just put up two or three or four or however many people that we all think that maybe they can run the country better regardless of party. Right. And have everybody vote for that person and the pop, you know, that, that, that person win. Right. Yeah. Or, or, or well, and here's the thing the idea that I had the other day on on every ballot put none of the above, and those people can't run until we find somebody else. Yeah, I like that. What was that old Richard Pryor movie, Brewster's Millions? Brewster's Millions. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely, I'm with you on that one. Uh, one of the things that I look at when it, whenever you say get rid of the parties, and I actually like I I actually agree with you on this to an, to an extent. And I remember George Washington's quote where he, he was he was talking about how devastating a two-party system would be to the to the country. Um, and one of the things that, that they one of the reasons that they do the political parties is because people like to identify in tribes of some sort. And it makes it easy for right. for people that don't pay a whole lot of attention 
to politics or to what's going on uh, in the day in and day outs uh, of of politics and and you know the geopolitical strategies and this that and the other that they can just look at a ballot without knowing anything about any candidate and say oh that's my guy you know because he's got the right the right label next to his name because he's got a because he's got a D or an R next exactly 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 and that's kind of why I push the third party. Because I think the only way to destroy the 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 idea of political parties is to incorporate more parties and make it to where that more people are voting against the two main parties that are given all the airtime and that have been infiltrated by big business and and big and, and big corporations and and all this huge massive amount of money that is buying votes and buying candidates and to, to basically give them a big middle finger and say, no, fuck you. You know, and I think it was in 2016. But the money aspect really isn't, isn't a part of it either though. Cause did Hillary Clinton's campaign against Trump, didn't she like outspend him by like twice as much or three times as much? Yeah. But you got to look at the, you got to look at the super PACs and stuff too. Um, campaign wise, yes, she did. She spent like something like two billion dollars or something like that during the campaign, and I think, I think Trump spent like two hundred and fifty million or something like that. But when you, yeah, but Trump, the reason Trump here, if you think about it, so the the way that Trump, the reason he didn't have to spend money mm-hmm. is because he he made such outlandish claims and did so many things that he was on all the news channels. So he got free publicity throughout his entire campaign. Right, absolutely. Stupid shit he was saying. Yeah, well, and he's so he funny. He's funny, like like no doubt about it. I don't like Trump. I don't like his policies. I think he's dangerous um, to to the idea of liberty, which is what the, the idea that the entire country was founded on. But he's a funny dude. Like, I can't help but watch sometimes and oh, just yeah. be like, this guy's fucking hilarious, man. Like... Like people will vote like, for him because like they did, like him. Like when he was, like when he just went to that to, to Bagram Air Base for for Thanksgiving. Yeah. Did you Did you read about that? I, I did not. I did not. The last thing I read about was this fucking <laughs> meme with Trump's head on Sylvester Stallone's body that everybody's going fucking <laughs> ballistic about, and I'm like, this is fucking funny, man. So, just calm down. <laughs> So for Thanksgiving, Trump went to Bagram Air Base for the troops. Yeah. All right. Completely stealth. Didn't let anybody know. A few of the news people knew about it, but they had to be sworn to secrecy to where only their editor and themselves knew where they were going and when they were going. And it was a last minute thing. Right. While they're in the air on the way over to Saudi Arabia or to, uh, to Afghanistan, the Trump people are tweeting out, you know, the motorcade's leaving, we're going to go play golf, and the news went crazy. You know, just, yeah, you know, he's, this is what's going on in the world, he's going to play golf. <laughs> and he suckered every one of them. Like, you guys are stupid. You, I mean, he'll throw a, throw a hook in the water and they take that bait every time. Yeah, I mean, they he, hate him so much. He, he's what's been known as, he, what, a lot of people have been calling him like the, the troll in chief, man, because he just trolls the yeah, fuck yeah. out of these people. And it's hilarious. It, it is. And I try to, I, I try to explain to people that I know that like hate Trump and that are, that are on the left. 
I try to explain to him. I'm like, the more outraged you get, the more his supporters actually cling to him because they think it's hilarious that you're outraged. Like, they're laughing at you, not with you. Yeah. Yeah, so... It's it's it it is it, it's it's a it's a special time, man. I just I just kind of look at it and I'm just like, oh, you people just don't understand. I'm just I, I'm really getting tired of all the stupid catchphrases. You know, this is the most important election of our lifetime. Well, they That's, say that it's been the most important election of our lifetime. The last you know ten elections. My whole it's lifetime. The most important election of our lifetime. My entire lifetime has been the most important election of our lifetime. <laughs> Right. You know, yeah. I, it, it, other, it, that's such bullshit. The other one that's killing me, the other catchphrase that's killing me is, well, we want to preserve our future for our children and our grandchildren. You know what, Nancy Pelosi? Your children and your grandchildren are going to do just fine. I'm worried about mine. Right. Well, and, and, and the, these same people that are saying that are running up, a, have run up a $23 trillion debt that our children and grandchildren are going to right. be expected to pay. Right. Because nobody understands like the value of delayed gratification anymore. Now everything has to be delivered today and they can pay for it in 30 years, right? When we're, we're all long gone, we're all be dead. So it's not going to affect us any, you know, like whatever, man. Right. <laughs> so you got anything else you want to talk about, man? You got You got any, any points you feel like are important to lay out there that, that, you you feel like people in the media aren't covering, and maybe in podcasts we're not talking about either. Um, well, I'm not, you know, I'm not up on the podcast thing. Yeah, I don't know how much, how much of a, how much of a media outlet I could get to, but I think everybody should just chill the fuck out. <laughs> lying all the goddamn time like you, you turn on if I, if I like I was saying before if I put on Fox News as bad as they are to the right mm-hmm. at least they whenever they have a debate on there they have a Republican side and a Democratic side right and they both put out both points if you turn on CNN there isn't another side everybody's Democrat right yeah no and, well you know, and, 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 and CNN puts on doesn't like them at all, and they, they couldn't give two shits about it. At least on Fox, they've got one person that is for Trump and one person that's against it, and they have a, a coherent debate. Well, and it's so ridiculous too Whether because I agree with what they have to say or not. I mean, well, it, well, here's something that you may not even noticed, but like if you remember, like when we were growing up, it was always the left that was like anti-war, right? They were like, "Yeah, we need to stop right. doing this immoral shit overseas in different countries," and and when Obama took office, that that entire anti-war movement just stopped. They just stopped talking about it. And now, when Trump's in office and he'll say something that's non-interventionist, and he's like, yeah, well, maybe we shouldn't be fucking, you know, involved in all these goddamn countries. Maybe we shouldn't be expanding NATO to the borders of Russia. These people turn into fucking chicken hawks, man. They're like, no, we got to kill them all. We got to kill them all. I mean, I'm like, what the fuck is going on, man? We're an upside down world. One, one question one question that keeps popping into my head yep. that I can yet to get an answer from. Maybe you can elaborate. I don't know if you can. What, what benefits us to provide any security for the Ukraine? As far as a national security standpoint, how does that, how does, how does the Ukraine, 
protecting the Ukraine, how does that affect the United States? Okay, well, I've been doing a lot of research on this, man. I've been do doing a lot of research and a lot of work um, to to figure out what the fuck is going on. So I'm going to give you a really short answer because I got a podcast I'm going to be recording this week um, about this entire subject. It might turn into a couple of podcasts because it's going to it's a lot of fucking information. But here's the general concept, okay? The general concept was during the Cold War, the, the Soviet Union, um, Russia in particular, was was um, a secondary superpower to America. And they were a threat to um, American interests. And when I say interests, I'm not talking about national security interests. I'm talking about business interests, okay? Um, if you look back at the, at the history of the CIA and most of the interventions in other countries... It traces. It always traces back to corporations and business interests. Okay, so like, like we can trace that all the way back to 1953 in Iran, right? Um, and 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 trying to take control of the Iranian oil and why why we have such tensions with Iran today is all based on the coup that took place in 1953. Um, so right. so when you when you look at like what happened after the Cold War, there was no more competition. Okay, like the, the Soviet Union completely collapsed. There was no more competition for superpowerdom. Now, in, in business, like you can look around in business and you can like understand like, okay, competition, you know, keeps business honest. Business is honest, right? They keep prices down. They, you know, they're competing. So if somebody lowers their price, this company's got to either provide a better quality for a higher price or they're going to have to lower their price as well. There's always this competition that's kind of back and forth with business. Well, that was kind of what you were looking at um, in, in, in the world whenever there were multiple superpowers. There was always this kind of like balancing act that you had to take place. So you never had like um, a, a Napoleon or a Genghis Khan that was able to just run roughshod and, and empire all over the world because you had these multiple, you know, you had these multiple tiers of people that were kind of keeping each other in check, right? Well, when the Soviet Union collapsed, that all went away. There was never, there was no more competition in the marketplace, so to speak. Okay, so what the United States decided, and Zbigniew Brzezinski, who was the national security advisor for um, for Carter in the seventies, actually wrote a book on this, and uh, I've been talking to uh, Scott Horton, who's a uh, um, a foreign policy expert about this exact idea. So what he what he wrote in this book is called the Grand Chessboard, and he writes all about geo strategy and geopolitics and the spreading of American hegemony. Right? Um, basically, they call it. I mean, you'll you'll hear it said in in different ways, but it it all means the exact same. You'll hear it, uh, American hegemony. Um, you'll hear about the spreading of democracy, the spreading of Western culture. Um, they'll say something like American primacy in the world. Full spectrum dominance is a real fucking uh, useful term that they use. But what it is, it's all about containing any potential competition and not allowing that competition to uh, surface again in the world going forward. Okay. So what they are doing in 
is is since the destruction of the Soviet Union, they've been expanding NATO into the Baltic countries. Okay, so like Georgia, you know, um, all these Slavic countries, um, Hungary, and all these countries. Um, I think I just read the other day that they were bringing Montenegro in, which basically means since we have an alliance with Montenegro, if anybody ever attacks Montenegro, we got to go to war for Montenegro for whatever reason, because they're right. such a geo strategic fucking ally now because of their location. And it has nothing to do with anything they actually offer us other than a place where we can, you know, set up bases and contain Russia. So Ukraine is a huge uh, strategic point because of their their uh, how close they are to Russia. Well, not only that, Russia has this age old naval base that has that gives them access to the Black Sea in Crimea, which is why Russia went in there after the United States had organized a coup in Ukraine in 2014, Russia turned around and said, okay, fine, Crimea's ours then. You know, like, fuck y'all. We're not playing this game with you. You're not going to fucking push us out of our only, you know, access to the Black Sea and this naval base that has been there for, you know, 50, 60 years. So what, what, what they're doing is they're using the Ukraine to contain Russia primacy. And so they're trying to cut off any kind of, uh, any kind of trade and economic stability that Russia might have with Western Europe by utilizing Ukraine and Ukrainian business interests. Do you see what I'm saying? So it's all about like, yeah. it's all about dominance by the United States and, 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 and cutting out competition. You know, it would be, it's the, it's the equivalent of, of Hilton and Marriott and, and hotel and motel six getting together and telling Congress that they want stricter regulations on the hotel and motel industry because they want to shut down bed and breakfast around the nation. It's, it's the exact same type of thing. Right. So that's basically what you're looking at. If that makes any sense. Like I said, I'm going to do some really long yeah, podcasts on this. When you when you get down when you get down into the weeds, it's it's really interesting. You know, it's it's really it's really interesting. Um, Oliver Stone actually, do you have Amazon Prime? Yeah. I, Oliver Stone released two documentaries on Ukraine on Amazon Prime. Very very interesting and informative. If you get a chance to go, just check them out. One of them is called Ukraine on Fire, which talks about the the history of the Ukraine. And uh, it talks about the coup in 2014, and then the other one is called uh, "Revealing Ukraine," and they're they're both really interesting documentaries. And, and the "Revealing in Ukraine" touches a little bit on the Hunter Biden scandal, um, but like this was before it was a scandal. Um, I remember hearing about this story. I remember hearing this this Hunter Biden story in 2016 and 17. And I had told some friends of mine who are Democrats, I'm like, this Biden thing looks damaging. Like, because I, I had remembered hearing about it, you know, reading. I was reading it back then saying, wow, this this looks shady as shit, you know. So, and even and back I, then. I don't see how anybody can look at that whole situation and not see that it's shady. Right. Well, it's not against the law, but it's shady as fuck. <laughs> Oh yeah, you know, and well, and back then this was still during this was still during the election. 
This was still during the Hillary yeah, Trump election, and all these people agreed with me. All these Democrats agreed with me. Yeah, man, that doesn't look good at all. Like, I don't know what, what Hunter Biden and Joe Biden were doing behind Obama's back, but that doesn't look good at all. You know what I'm saying? And, and so they agreed back then. I mean, Hunter Biden was doing basically the same thing for Joe Biden that Bill Clinton was doing for Hillary Clinton. Yeah. Which is why she, when she didn't get elected president, the Clinton Foundation, all of their money that they got put in basically <coughs> dried up because she was no longer in a position to help any of the foreign investors. Right. Well, and it, and it's in, and, and you know, these same people, all right. So you have these, you have these people, these groups of people that were like, oh, Hillary Clinton, um, obviously rigged the, the DNC primary against Bernie Sanders and stole the, the candidacy from Bernie Sanders in 2016. And then you point out, well, look at, she was also doing this in the, in the actual national campaign against Trump. When you look at what was going on in the Ukraine, and, and they're like, oh, no, 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 no. All 16 intelligence agencies say that's false. Well, yeah, all 16 intelligence agencies also told us there were weapons of mass destruction in Iraq. You know? Right. So, like, they're going to say what they what benefits them. They don't give a shit about the truth at all. Right. They don't care. Right. So, yeah, no, I, I agree with you. And, 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 you know, like, this is why I want to... This is why I thought it was so interesting to talk to you. Because, like... You're not you're not going spending, you know, 10 to 12 hours a day reading up on all this stuff like a lot of us are like some of us are. And but you can see through all the bullshit. It's like this is fucking transparent oh, as yeah. fuck. It's, it's like it goes back to exactly what I was saying before. It's common sense. You cannot look at what Joe what what it fucking Hunter Biden did and say, yeah, that's that's wrong. Yeah. And what Joe Biden, Joe Biden was on a, a telecast, I don't even remember, doing an interview and saying, yeah, I held up the money until they got rid of the prosecutor. Yeah, what? that was, um. Isn't that, that what you're, isn't that what you're going against Trump for doing right now? Yep, and that was, that what, you actually said it. Yeah, what that was, was he was giving a speech in front of the Council of Foreign Relations and, and, and said that. He, he said something, I, I don't know the exact quote, but it was like, um, we were going to give Ukraine a billion dollars in aid, and I told them that they wouldn't get that money until they fired this prosecutor, and that they had six hours until my plane left to to make it happen, or they weren't getting the money. And they were like, "Well, you can't do that." And I'm like, "Call," Ob and he was like, "Call Obama and see what he says." And sure enough, like he was about yeah. to get on the plane, and they fired. They had fired Shokin, so they turned around and released that billion dollars to Ukraine. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Right. Yeah, I mean, so, this whole impeachment thing is going to go. It's going to backfire in the Democrats. Uh, yeah, I, I, I've I've read the, tel the the transcript of what Trump did, and I can hear his voice in my head. I can hear him talking to this guy on the phone. Right. And you know how he says things and what he does. The the Democrats and the left. Take it to a literal. Take it too literally when he's not being literal. Like, yeah, you know, I heard some stuff about the Bidens, and they're like, "Oh, he wants to to investigate a political opponent." No, he wants to investigate the corruption 
and it just so happens that the Bidens were involved. Right. And well, and if if Joe Biden wasn't running for president, would it be okay for him to ask for an inv- investigation? Like, is that is that what the is that what the standard is? That, yeah. So if yeah, if, yeah. if he if he would have said there was, I believe there was a uh, corruption from the Obama administration. Would you mind looking at this because some of this stuff looks kind of shady? If he would have used that language instead, right. you know, like would that yeah. would that be different? Yeah. You know. Well, I, it, but they would have they would have turned it on to the left. Would have then said, well, by investigating the Obama administration, he's talking about Joe Biden. Right. I, you know, I heard somebody Joe Biden to be a threat. I, I don't know. The other, the other thing that is really frustrating me is the media. How they keep putting up this poll says this, this poll says that. The United States, or the the American people <coughs> don't like Trump, and this poll has Joe Biden winning against Trump in this state. This poll has you know, blah blah blah. Didn't you fucking people look at the polls the last time saying how Hillary Clinton was going to fucking win? Are you going to stop listening to the polls? Well, yeah. Here, here's something that I thought you you made me think of. I, there was a, a, a there there was a guy, and I want to. I just wanted to get this out before I forgot it because there was a guy. I can't remember who it was that said it. He said that Trump supporters take Trump seriously, but not literally. And Democrats take Trump literally, but not seriously. And I thought that was a perfect way of explaining yeah. it, you know. But yeah, no, yeah. you're right with the polls. The polls are, you can get a poll skewed in any which way. And the funny thing is, is that if you look back at the 2016 election, they were holding back a lot of the polls um, and they were only releasing specific polls. They were holding back a lot of them because they were showing that the election was going to be close. And a lot of people knew that the election was going to be close. And what they were trying to do was manipulate the American thought and the American people into not going to the polls for Trump and showing up to the polls for Clinton. All right. So, like, if they showed that there was no use in going and voting for Trump and that, you know, then you just wouldn't even show up. But it backfired on them. Because there are there, yeah. there have been some studies that were done that said, hey, look, if they wouldn't have been manipulating these polls and would have just let and just would have been honest, it's very possible Hillary Clinton would have would have turned out a much better uh, you know vote total and been able to win the election. But they had this false sense of security, and so they didn't go where all the Trump right. supporters are like, no, we're going to fight for this. You're going to have to beat us. And I think they under I think they underestimated the the fight that a lot of these people had in their in their hearts and in their you know the the willingness to say you're gonna have to take it you're gonna have to literally take it from our cold dead fingers you know what I'm saying? They still underestimate. They still underestimate. It. That's why they keep pushing the same polls all the time, saying how you know the the American people are overwhelmingly in favor of impeaching Trump. No, they're not. Yeah, no, I haven't. You're talking, you know, the the 20 Democrats on the poll that you talk to, maybe they 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 are right. Well, people aren't. There was a there was a poll that came out uh, three months ago, two months ago. I can't remember who did it. Um, and and the poll showed that unless there is um a historic number of uh voter turnout. That Trump easily wins re-election, easily. 
Like the less people that show up, the less people that show up, the better it is for Trump. Basically, is what it what what the polls showed. And they're not winning any favors. They're not. You know, I mean, you you've said it several times that you're just this impeachment is shit is so transparent. The the American people see through this. They they understand that this is all bullshit, and they don't want to deal with it. And they don't they don't believe the Democrats. And they're just like, yeah, whatever. Both of y'all are corrupt. Look, Joe Biden did the exact same thing as, as Donald Trump. Y'all are both corrupt. You know? Like, so? Well, I'm supposed to be outraged when Trump does it, but think it's okay when Biden does it? It's just all a bunch of bullshit. It is. No, you're absolutely that's, that's right. The other, that is it. And that's, that's the other reason why I do... I, I, I like Trump. Like the other night, I, I forget, it was a couple of weeks back, he was out on a, a campaign tour or something, and he was talking about the impeachment bullshit. He actually said that. I'm like, dude! Yeah. <laughs> You're the president. Why are you saying bullshit? Right? Well, it was like when he when he was like talking about shithole countries and they all had a fucking meltdown. Uh, yeah. But it's like, okay, so so we're just going to pretend like Ethiopia is, is a superpower? Like it's a first world country? We're just going to pretend that? No. Right. <laughs> like what kind of fantasy world are we living in? Like well, ha- Haiti is some mecca? saying that the country and the, the government that are, that's running the country has turned that country into a shithole. The, the left went to him saying that and referring to the population of that country right. as being somehow racist. Well, right. Well, again, again, they take him literally, but not seriously. So he's the stupidest guy in the world, but everything he says is outrageous, outrageously offensive. You know what I'm saying? It's like, okay. Like, I I think I heard somebody say the other day that if, uh, if Trump cured cancer, the fucking Democrats would be mad that he put so many people out of work or some shit. Yeah. I've said that several times. Yeah. Yeah. No. And, and, you know, like again, I, I, I'll, I mean, I think I'm pretty clear on this. I'm not a Trump supporter at all, but I see, I see the outrage for what it is. You know what I'm saying? It's like, eh, you know, right? There, I, I don't know. I think maybe we should be pissed off about what what's happening in Yemen more than what Trump said on a phone call. You know, <laughs> so. See, I don't know. I don't. I can't. I can't speak intelligently about what's going on in Yemen. Oh, it's 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 horrible, man. Um. There was, and this all started under Obama. So this is just a continuation of an Obama um, tragedy. But what's happening is the United States is arming, training, and funding Al Qaeda on behalf of the Saudi Arabian government to go in and overthrow the Houthi, uh, the Houthi regime in Yemen. And they're also acting as the air force for Al Qaeda in order to overthrow the Houthis. Okay, so basically, what it is, and the Houthi. The Houthi rebels are funded by the Iranians. Uh, to an extent, uh, they're get they well, not since the blockade's been put down. And see, here's the thing: what Iran was actually sending to the Houthi rebels was food and and health, uh, healthcare uh, needs. You know, like medicine and shit like that. Um, and how dare them? Right, exactly, because they were getting killed by Al Qaeda, um, and so. What so what happened was the United States put a blockade on on Yemen 
and completely shut down any aid that was going into the country. And then kids, children, and you're going to, you have kids or, and, and, and have grandkids. So you're going to get a kick out of this one. Children were dying of cholera by the tens of thousands. Cholera. You know, and so that's why I say, like, why are we going to be, yeah, I'm going to be outraged because Trump might have said something mean about Joe Biden on a phone call with the president of Ukraine. Okay, fine. There are children dying of cholera, a disease that can be cured with Gatorade. You know, it's like, what the fuck, man? What are we outraged about? Right. Yeah. And so, yeah, that's, that's kind of my thing. Like, it's like, all right, yeah, fine. You don't like what he said on the phone call. Sure. There are children dying by the tens of thousands of something that's easily curable because of a blockade that the United States has put on fucking Yemen. There, there are school buses literally being bombed in Yemen. There have been American civilians in Yemen that were have been executed by the United States government. It, but, but we're going to worry about a phone call. Yeah, and I'm like, yeah, this is bullshit. Yeah. You know, so... No common sense. Yeah, exactly, exactly, <laughs> you know? And so, like, I'm just like, yeah, y'all are fucking retarded. All y'all are fucking retarded, <laughs> you know? So, yeah. you know? Yeah. Because, like, yeah, I lay it out. I, if you lay out to any average American that these children have done nothing, absolutely nothing, except for being born in a region that they didn't have any choice over, are being completely decimated by the United States and its foreign policy, the average person is going to be like, why the fuck are we doing that to children? Like, what the fuck? Right. You know? Like, it makes no sense. And 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 nobody, the, the news doesn't talk about it. They don't talk about it on Fox News. They don't talk about it on CNN. They don't talk about it on MSNBC. You know, we have podcasts and alternative media on YouTube Maybe some, you know, there's some good, you know, journalists like um, Aaron Mate and and Max Blumenthal that have done some really good work on it. But, you know, for the most part, nobody knows what's going on in Yemen, you know? Right. So, but I'm going to let you go, man. We're, we, we've run over an hour. Cool. Yeah. What, fin- finish your thought before I shut it down. Finish your thought that you were going to just going to say before I shut it down. Well, I was going to say, you know, like with AOC, as young as she is, she's got good ideas. Mm-hmm. Ideas. Mm-hmm. She's, she wants us to live in a Star Trek utopian <coughs> society where everybody takes care of everybody else. And right. I, I get it. Right. That would be a perfect perfect world to live in. Right. But we don't live in that perfect world. Right. We're always going to have conflict. Everybody is not going to like everybody else, and her ideas are just just that, ideas. Right. And until everybody can get on the same page to take care of one another and to look out for everybody else and not care about the almighty dollar and who's living where and who's doing what and who's got more of this than that, and just let people live how they want to live, and we're just going to keep having the same bullshit going on in the world right i actually have a rule um when it comes to 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 that type of deal and i what my my rule is because 
um, the United States foreign policy is what the United States foreign policy is. And like we were talking about earlier, we go through our daily lives interacting with people voluntarily and, and we're not, you know, attempting to conquest, dominate or, um, or use violence against these people, you know, 90% of the, you know, 95, 98% of the time. This is just day in and day out. This is how people live, you know, uh, do unto others as you would have them do unto you type of deal. Right. And so like my number one rule is I will never spread propaganda that furthers the foreign policy of the United States empire. I will never do that. So even if Assad is the worst dictator in the world, I will never speak badly of, of Assad because it furthers the U S intervention in Syria. You see what I'm saying? And so my entire, my entire, uh, goal, whenever I talk to people, it's like, look, I'm not trying to, to whitewash any other country. Okay. But I, it is up to us to hold this country that is representing our us around the world to account for what they are doing to people around the world. And what they are doing to people around the right. world is horrible. And I will never um, spread any lies or propaganda that furthers the, the violence and devastation and conquest that the United States government is spreading around the world. So that's kind of the approach I always take. So it might come across like, oh, well, you hate America. No, I don't hate America. I hate the fucking government. That's what I hate. I don't hate America. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. You know, the average person in America would never dream of, of doing half the things, you know, even, you know, a third or a fucking billionth of the things that have been done uh, in their name, you know, by the United States government. And that's the kind of like that, the, the, that's the approach I take. So sometimes it comes across like I'm being really harsh and I'm being a total dick and I hate the country. And it's like, no, that's not what I'm doing at all. What I'm doing is I'm holding to account the state that operates on oppression and conquest and dominance and violence all across this this world, even in its own borders, and I'm holding them to do account, and I'm calling for the American people to say, hey, look, you have to start representing us in a civil way around this world, in the, in the, in the, in the exact same type of way that I would be doing business with, with the people of this, uh, this country. You know what I'm saying? And that's kind of the way I look at it. Yeah. You know? But, all right, man. Any, any final thoughts? We're going to shut this down. No, I'm good. All right, Bubba. It was Just a lot of fun. Thanks for taking me. Say hi to B for me. I will. I will. And you have a good evening. Good afternoon. And uh, we'll we'll chat with you All later. Right, All right. All right, man. All right, bye. Late.